Algar Productions. Green Gasoline presents Sarcastic Voyage Theatre. Vintage radio comedy with a modern sensibility. Featuring the unparalleled talents of the world-renowned Sarcastic Voyage unpaid voice acting players. And now, the radio adventures of Dottie. Sugar Crunch Cereal presents the radio adventures of Dottie. In an effort to rescue her imprisoned friends, Dottie boarded the sailing ship Mango Bango, commanded by fellow MUCUS agent Captain Morrow. But the Mango Bango was seized by pirates in the employ of the mysterious and sinister Lady Regino Draco. Dottie and Captain Morrow managed to escape in a small biplane, but they were almost immediately enveloped by a deadly fog that made navigation impossible. And now, today's episode, Fortress of the Island Queen! Far be it for me to complain, young Dottie, but shouldn't we be tiny airplane bits and shark food floating on the ocean by now? We're continuing to lose altitude, but I've managed to slow our descent and keep us as steady as possible. Well, I've always said that if I were to die in a plane crash, that my top priority would be a slow and steady descent. Listen, I know you're under a lot of stress right now, but I'm doing everything I can. Aye, that you are. And my sarcasm was uncalled for. Consider it retracted. Also... Isn't shark food just other fish? I, I forgot the word chum for a minute there. In times of extreme stress, the first thing my brain chooses to jettison is basic sea lingo. Which, as you might imagine, can be mighty inconvenient, seeing as I spend about 80% of my life at sea. I think it looks like the fog might be clearing. I can see... Horses. It's some kind of giant fortress. I, I figured a watery grave or that fortress were our two possible... Uh, possible what? Uh, give me a minute, I know this. Horses? Yes. Well, almost courses is what I was going to say. Judging on these instruments, we're being pulled into that big courtyard area in the center of the fortress by some kind of giant magnet. Wait, how did you know we might end up here? Is this connected to that lady you keep talking about? The Lady Regino Draco, I... Horses. I haven't run into an actual villain since I started this adventure. Everyone who's gotten in my way so far has been a useless hero. And you, of course. I, I knew what you meant. And she is quite a villain, to be sure. It would not surprise me in the least to learn that she's done all of this just to get her... Uh, her, uh... Oh, she wants to get them back into me. Uh, sharp metal things that you use to catch fish. Why can't I remember this? Hooks. That's a fella. Well, someone down there is definitely waiting for us. Tell you what, Captain. When we land, you just stay in the plane and I'll do all the talking. An excellent plan, lass. I'm proud to do everything I can to support it. By which I mean crouching here in the passenger seat in hopes of no one seeing me. Look at all the giant animals. Those seals must be 50 feet tall. I can't even see where that squid's tentacles end. And... Horses! No, I'm afraid that's the one thing we don't have here. They're not from the sea, you see. They're not from the ocean, you see. Much better, my queen. I did not ask for your approval. Well, no, but... In fact, in the seven years you've served as my right-hand man, I have never once required your reassurance. Well, I, um... Uh, see, I'm, I'm not sure how to answer this. 
I believe you've trapped me in one of them logical paradoxes. Good. You can stay there while I greet... Little girl! That was your cue to tell me who you are and why you're not Captain Morrow! I'm sorry? Captain who? Don't play games with me! Dan, tell her what happens when people play games with Lady Regino Draco! Hmm? Oh, may I come out of my logical paradox now? It's not a literal... Can you just... I don't even know who... All right, let's try this again. I am a majestic queen. My bidding is law, and that law is unbreakable. You, who are you? Junior Agent Dottie of the Ministry of the Unconventional... Of the Unconventional blah, blah, blah. Yes, we all know about you and your horrible acronyms. Uh, I'm not sure that I really... Silence! Now then, Dottie, was it? Yes, ma'am. You are trespassing on sovereign territory. Actually, your sovereign territory pulled my plane here. With, I assume, that giant red horseshoe magnet. Ah, that was my idea. It was getting right difficult to tell one high-tech gadget from to others. And so I says to my queen, I says, Your Majesty, what if Silence! Right? That plane is not yours. It belongs to Captain Morrow of the Mango Bango. Such a strange name for a ship. You know, it really is. I tried to tell him that silence! Now I've had about enough of your insolence. I demand you tell me where you got this plane and where its rightful owner is. Uh, I think that's him crouching there in the back seat. What? He dares hide from me? He's not hiding, he was just... No, it is an assessment fair and true, I was hiding. (laughs) I've cowered in enough crow's nests in my day to know what that looks like. To be honest, lady, is that really your name? Or is it some kind of self-proclaimed title? Self-proclaimed? You are standing on one of only two flying fortresses recognized as an independent nation by all the major world governments. And I am recognized by all those major governments as this nation's rightful queen. Listen, Your Majesty. Captain Morrow here asked for me to talk to you on his behalf because, well, I don't mean to embarrass him, but I think he's a little scared of you. Oh, I gathered that was why he left me at the altar. Wait. What? Hi, did you not know? Ah, it was the most grandiose affair since Neptune married Mrs. Neptune. You mean Amphitrite? I think that was Poseidon's wife. It was both. In any event, our queen was resplendent in her fine kelp silk gown and her bejeweled trident. I, the warring tribes of warrior pirates from across the seven seas, put aside their differences for one day and united to witness the affair. And then, when it comes time to say, Yar, I does, for tis the pirate custom, your captain here gets cold feet. And not just the kind you get when you tread in cold water. You people are really attached to these sea metaphors. Captain, is any of this true? Aye, we do enjoy a turn of phrase that evokes... Not that. Did you leave this woman at the altar on your wedding day? Well, I... But I had a darn good reason. Oh, did you now? This ought to be good. Go on, Captain. What was your reason? I, uh, uh, I got scared. Scared? What in the depths of the mighty seas could you find frightening about me? Uh, Your Majesty, I, uh, <laughs> I don't wish to arouse your ire, but... What? 
What is it? Well, maybe if you dialed it back just a wee bit, just a wee bit, uh, Captain Morrow might seem more unreasonable and less like... Yes? Like he's completely justified in being scared of you, for example. But to be clear now, I don't object to a strong woman. Never have. I'd go so far as to say that's what I find most attractive in a woman. Especially you. I thought you told me she was a villain. He what? I'm afraid so. Between that and the giant sea creatures. What? A woman can't have pets? And the pirates. Oh, I'm not a pirate. I used to be, but Her Majesty here took me and the other lads in and rehabilitated us. But what about the men who seized the Mango Bango? Terrible name for a ship. What about them? They threw Captain Morrow and me into the brig. They had orders to throw him in the brig so he wouldn't run away again. And honestly, they're not very good at improvising. Standing right here. Present company accepted. Thank you. So when they saw you, they probably just assumed they should throw you in the brig to be dealt with when we arrived here. But they killed my robot. Well... I don't know anything about that, but it doesn't surprise me. All I can do is apologize and offer to compensate you for the loss of your mechanical companion. It's kind of you to offer, but I can't accept that. It'd be against ministry policy. Okay, but are we at least square now on the absurd notion that I'm some kind of supervillain? Yes, ma'am. Good. Then we can return to my original point of why my groom left me at the altar. Uh, Captain Morrow, you, uh, wanna... Well, it's just... I have these moods sometimes. And this little voice inside me that says, I'm not good enough, you know? I didn't know about such a voice. I... I was ashamed to tell you. You fool! As your betrothed, do you not realize your burdens become our burdens? I would make it my business to find this little voice and obliterate it! Oh, me bucko! Kiss me, you scurvy sea dog! Ugh... Gross. Ugh, you got that right. Wait, where are they going? I can't see, because I've covered me eye. Per royal decree, whenever the queen is openly affectionate with her fella. She just swept Captain Morrow up off his feet, and they're walking off to that small enclosure over there by the giant magnet. Oh, that's nothing to worry about. That's just where we keep the controls for this entire flying fortress. <laughs> the queen likes to think she can steer this thing, but she really needs to uh, have, um... <clears throat> uh, your majesty... Uh, you, you really need to have a licensed operator with you. No time! The wedding is back on! Flying Fortress Ahoy! Okay, this doesn't seem good. Should we get someplace secure before... Uh, before the ground tilts wildly under our feet like it's doing now? Horses! I'm falling! So am I! And there's nothing we can do about it! We're currently hovering over a densely covered jungle. Try your best to... land in the trees. Little girl, are you alright? I think so. I was able to tuck and roll like they taught us at the ministry, so... Oh, that's, uh, that's great and all, but uh, uh, did your ministry happen to teach you anything about what to do when you're right in the sightline of an honest-to-goodness dinosaur? Horses! Tune in again for our next exciting installment, Into the Jungles of Mystery, only on Sarcastic Voyage Theatre.
producer, Mr. Ron Algar Watt. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It feels like we're long overdue for one of our completely unscripted, casual chats with the unpaid voice acting players. So let's jump right in and talk to young Sabrina Snyder, the star talent behind the plucky hero of our radio adventures serial, Dottie. It's a pleasure to be here, and it's very kind of you to say that I'm young, but I... But you are young. How else could you so believably portray our intrepid little 11-year-old? It's not that hard. All I do is pitch my voice up. Like this. Horses. Uh, There's no need to confuse our audience with a bunch of technical terms. What? Pitching? I don't think that's Nevertheless, we must disavow our audience of the absurd notion that you're a grown woman. This is, after all, theater of the mind. And it's imperative that people completely accept you as the age of your most popular character. And you don't think I can do that through acting? Why don't you tell the folks what you've come into the studio with, you little scamp? You mean this giant novelty lollipop? I'm not sure why I have this. Or why you had me do my hair up in pigtails like this. Ah, the playful whims of youth. My husband was not happy about this, let me tell you. He's worried that people will think he's... Yes, well, I think that's about all the time we have for this entirely spontaneous chat. It's time for literally anything else now. Are we done? Good, because I could really use a drink. And these stupid pigtails hurt my head like a son of... I say tomato, you say tomato, I say potato, you say potato, tomato, tomato, potato, potato, let's call the whole thing off. Green Gasoline presents the incredible adventures of prominent crotch boy Junior, brought to you by Green Gasoline. Friends, do you find your gasoline lacking in greenness? Did you know that over 90% of all gasoline sold on the market lacks in greenness, preferring a more threatening, clear, or dark clear color? Green gasoline is the only gasoline that embraces its true greenness. I'm Prominent Crotch Boy Jr., and green gasoline really helps in my fight against evil. That's right, Prominent Crotch Boy Jr. Keep slapping those foreigners for America. Prominent Crotch Boy Jr. In reality, wealthy young gadabout Pontius Crotchman. Prominent Crotch Boy Jr. uses the ancient Middle Eastern techniques taught to him by his father, Prominent Crotch Boy Sr. in his never-ending quest to punch evil. Last time you'll recall, Prominent Crotch Boy Jr. had trapped an evil foreign spy in the chilly attic of his cursed manor. <sighs> Got to get out of here. Got to get these plans to my master, the Sphinx. Hold it right there, fiend. Prominent Crutch Boy Jr. You thought you could get away from me with those plans you're holding in your right hand, eh? I'm afraid you were mistaken. Perhaps I was. Prominent Crutch Boy Jr. But look what's in my other hand. Is that a gun? Indeed it is. Prominent Crutch Boy Jr. Put it down and this law will go a lot easier for you. I'm not putting the gun down. Prominent Crutch Boy Jr. Put that gun down. I'm firing the gun. Prominent Crutch Boy Jr. Don't fire that gun. Oh no, that pistol has projected a small metal slug using gunpowder and physics. I'd best dodge it thusly. Ooh, you missed. I may have missed, but it's distracted you enough for me to escape. Stop escaping! A door! I can escape through this. Don't you escape through that door. I'm going through this door. Prominent Crutch Boy Jr. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. Oh, I'll stop you. But how? Will the spy escape? What new threat may or may not lie beyond the door? Find out next week on The Adventures of Prominent Crutch Boy Jr. <laughs> 
Brought to you by Green Gasoline. Green Gasoline would like to remind you fine folks that our product isn't just good for your automobile. It's also ideal for washing your clothes in. That's right, friends. Extra cash is so hard to come by in these difficult times, so why pay a dry cleaner? You can get that same deep, satisfying clean in your own home using only about half a gallon of high-quality green gasoline. Your clothes will sparkle as never before, and you'll be surrounded by an intoxicating cloud of delightfully lead-infused green gasoline. And if prominent Crossboy Jr. hadn't ducked out of the studio early to spend a few precious moments with his poor, neglected children, I'm certain he'd agree with me. And now, our feature attraction. It is said that any phenomenon in the world could be explained with the simple application of logic and reason. But when those methods come up short, gentleman magician Charles Delgado is there to pick up the slack. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the grand finale of tonight's mystical extravaganza. Joining me and my lovely audience volunteer on stage once again is my faithful assistant, Johnny Foreigner. The cat's pajamas are a bug's ear. (laughs) No, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what that means either. My friend here has a singularly unique way of speaking, which is why we call him Johnny Foreigner. Don't upset the apple cart. Uh, Now then, Johnny, if you would kindly enter this wooden box here. Yes, that's a good fellow. As you can see, folks, this is a perfectly ordinary pine box. No trap doors or secret compartments of any kind. Can you please confirm this, audience volunteer? Mm, Looks real to me. And the reason we're sealing Johnny inside... There we are. The reason we're sealing my bizarre friend from another land into this contraption is... You guessed it. So that I may take this large saw and saw him. This is decidedly less than Jake. And now then I would ask our audience volunteer to confirm that the saw is indeed capable of cutting through this wooden box and the funny little man inside it. Oh, oh yes, it's very sharp. (laughs) That's very sharp, she says. Isn't she wonderful, ladies and gentlemen? Right. Now, if the volunteer would take one end of this saw whilst I take the other. Oh, socks. And now, are you ready? No. (laughs) I dare say you're not, Johnny. I meant a volunteer here. Are you ready? I'm ready. Very well. Commence sawing. We're always sure to sharpen the blade on this saw before each show so that we can be certain that it... Right there, Johnny. Uh, carry on, Macduff. Oh, you heard the man. Keep sawing. Whatever you do, kind volunteer, and you people in the audience, heed my words as well. Ignore what appears to be cries of pain from Johnny Foreigner here. I can assure you all that we've done this literally hundreds of times before, and in the end, he will be perfectly fine. I, I think I see blood. Just keep sawing. And now, having rejoined the two halves, and having spoken the magic words, we open the box. And out springs good old Johnny Foreigner, completely in one piece, as promised. A new man gathers no moss. Johnny Foreigner, everyone. Take a bow, Johnny. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Charles Delgado, and it has been my utter delight to entertain you this evening. But now we must both bid you a fond good night and farewell. (laughs) 
Well, Johnny, I'd venture to say that this is our most successful performance to date. Wouldn't you agree, old friend? Don't take any wooden nickels. <laughs> oh, you're delightfully exotic scamp. I hardly ever understand what you're saying, but you always say it with such panache. Pan, aren't you glad I didn't say banana? Yes, that's the stuff. Say, who's this now? Hello, little girl. Say you're that magician. Guilty as charged. Would you like an autograph? Huh? I assume that's why you're lying in wait for me backstage. I'm happy to do it, of course. Would you like me to sign your program, or...? I don't want your stinky autograph. Young miss, I can assure you that my signature is in no way malodorous. I want to know how you did all that stuff. I beg your pardon? That stuff where you waved your hands around and tricked everyone. Oh, you mean my mystical feats of illusion? I mean your stupid magic tricks. Well, my dear... A magician never reveals his secrets. I don't know what that means. It means that there's a certain code amongst magicians. You're so boring. You should stop being boring and tell me how you cut that man in half. This man? Hello, Dolly. Of course that man. You didn't pretend to cut any other man in half, did you? Of course I didn't. Johnny here has been my faithful assistant for nearly a decade. I would no sooner take the cutting implement to another man than I You're would... You're being boring again. Just tell me how you did it. Do you really want to know? I asked you, didn't I? Hmm. I can't deny the utter impeccability of your logic. Tell me! All right, I'll tell you. But first I must ask you to make me a promise. Can you do that for me? I don't know. Maybe. Depends on what it is. If I tell you how I performed my show-stopping grand finale, you must promise never to reveal this confidential intelligence to another living soul. Huh? You can't tell anyone else. Yeah, all right. The way we do the trick is... It's not a trick at all. What do you mean it's not a trick? Shh, 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 shh. What do you mean? I mean exactly that. It isn't a trick. I literally saw my friend Johnny in two with a real saw, then rejoin his severed halves using dark sorcery. It's excruciatingly painful every time. If you're gonna make fun of me, I'm leaving. I can assure you I'm not... <laughs> you kicked me in the shin. I'd have kicked higher, but I can't reach. Yeah, you really shouldn't go around kicking people. And you shouldn't lie to little kids. Ah... <sighs> And there she goes. What a delightful little scamp. Say, why is the only coherent English phrase I've ever heard you say, it's excruciatingly painful? That doesn't actually mean what it sounds like, right? Who knows what evil lurks at the hearts of men? Hmm. All right, then. Well, I can't say I'm surprised to discover an officer of the law waiting for me in my dressing room. But how? Magic, my dear lieutenant, is it? Hi, Lieutenant O'Murphy. Of the 14th Precinct, Mr. Delgado. Pleased to make your acquaintance, Lieutenant. Take my hat and cape, won't you, Johnny? And see if the Lieutenant wants a drink. Oh, uh, tinks all the same, but uh, never when I'm on duty. Hmm, as you say. I'll have a scotch and soda, Johnny. I'll have you Ebenezer Scrooged in a hooch minute. Yes, I suppose you will at that. You know, I caught a bit of your act as I was waiting to talk to you, and I got the full briefing on you down at the precinct. Yes? Well, even though I know you're using genuine sorcery, which most people think is just simple sleight of hand, I still can't believe it. That is the primary contributing factor to my success on the stage? I do wonder if anybody but the police force and your, uh, uh servant here... Thirty love. Right. I wonder if anyone else actually realises that you're, uh... I believe the word you're fumbling for is wizard. And apart from one little girl I ran into just now, I'm not sure anyone does realise... 
And for the record, I don't think that little girl believed me either. And I have the bruise on my shin to prove it. Here's your belt, my hat. (coughs) Cripes, Johnny. What'd you put in this battery acid? A scotch by any other name wouldn't soda as scotchy. (sighs) Well, it's foul, and I demand that you make me another. Another one coming up and on the up and up. Now with more up. You simply cannot find good help these days. Didn't I hear someplace that Johnny Forner here is actually a prince of some kind? <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I suppose he's whatever passes for a prince in foreign parts. <laughs> but everything over there is so backwards and ridiculous that he leapt at the chance to come back to the States with me and serve as my valet. Isn't that right, Johnny? Yes. There, you see, he loves it. Yes, not long after I graduated college, I spent some time in Johnny's native land of Dordovia. What on earth brought you there? Oh, I felt like exploring, as is the want of your wealthy young gadabout. I'd heard there were all manner of mystical treasures waiting to be discovered, and I simply had to lay my hands on at least some of them. Uh, That was when I came across that ruined temple, found those enchanted jewels and met the all-powerful force who gave me my fantastic abilities. Begora! Drinery served! Well, this still isn't quite right, but I suppose it'll have to do for now. You may go, Johnny. I take my leave. Please. He's saying goodnight to you, Lieutenant. Uh, y- yes, well, uh, uh, goodnight, then. Wait, uh, what, is he, uh, is he getting inside that trunk? That's where he sleeps. I told you those Tordovians are nutty. Boy, if that ain't the truth. Now then, Lieutenant, what brings you here this fine evening? Well, sir, I was hoping to take advantage of your services as a, um... Officially, I'm a police consultant, though I prefer the term bunker, as in the opposite of a debunker. You want to prove the Loch Ness Monster is nothing more than a strangely shaped log? You call the other fellow. You want to prove that a strangely shaped log actually is a sea serpent... I'm your man. Right, 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 right. Well, sir, it seems there's this old mansion. Ah, yes, someone has recently inherited said mansion, only word is that it's haunted. Bleeding walls, persistent moaning noises, that sort of thing. The sharpest experts on the police payroll have turned over every creepy old painting with the eye holes cut out, and still haven't managed to find a sensible explanation for these phenomena. That's extraordinary. Did you read my mind to discover all of that? No, of course not. I would never invade a man's privacy like that without his consent. Well, what about that bit in your act when you pulled the memory of your assistant's most embarrassing dream from the depths of his subconscious and relayed it to the audience in graphic detail? Oh, that's just Johnny. He doesn't count. Anyway, Lieutenant, your captain called ahead with all the relevant details of this case just before we went on stage. Well, then, begging your pardon, sir, but why didn't you just say that? And miss an opportunity to retell my thrilling origin story? <laughs> Perish the thought, Lieutenant. Johnny, time to wake up, you lazy barbarian. What's the story, Midnight Glory? Ah, no time for embarrassing dreams now. Climb out of that absurd enclosure and bring the car around immediately. We've a haunted mansion to explore. One cheer for nothing. (sighs) Smell that musty haunted house air. There really is nothing like it. Of course, I've caught a whiff of your horrible Tordovian cooking, so I doubt you'd know a good smell if it smacked you in the face. You one horse open, slay me! Yes, well, I suppose we'd better get started on locating the source of the thaumaturgical conundra in question. Bring me that rug there. Ah, careful, don't scratch the hardwood floor. 
Right, just set it at my feet. Like I ask you to do every single time we perform this particular feat. Feats don't fail me now. And we say the magic words. Hoc tapit supernatet. Right, I'm going to fly around on this enchanted carpet. You, uh, stay here and try not to get into any trouble. Ish kabibbles and bits. As ever, if I encounter an obstacle which I cannot overcome using my considerable wits, I shall call upon you to deal with the problem with your only available resource. Brute force. Off I go. I suppose I shouldn't be too hard on the poor devil. Ignorance is all his people know. Without my guiding influence, who knows what sort of trouble he'd do. Oh, oh hello, what's this? Double terum hunk tapit. This antique mirror is spilling out magical energies like a waterfall. I'm surprised the house's owners couldn't see this with their naked eyes. I bet even Johnny could... You'd think I'd know better than to stand too close to an evil magical mirror portal thing. That's practically the first thing I learned upon becoming a gentleman magician. Oh, there appears to be someone emerging from that door over there. Hello? Man in the mirror here. Oh, a little help. And now, at long-lasting freshness, upward is the direction of this chick. Oh, I should have guessed from that absurd costume that you were Tordovian. Uh, listen, I have an assistant around here someplace. If he hasn't fled in absolute terror at the sight of his own shadow, uh, he can probably understand. This hat, which is high, is presented to you. And furthermore, your ancient male parent. I'm afraid I don't speak gibberish. It's not gibberish, Mr. Delgado. Oh, thank heavens. And I wouldn't be so quick to thank anyone, particularly the heavens. You see, we lured you here to this house, and we're responsible for your current imprisonment. But why? I'm a beloved entertainer. I have fantastic powers, which I use to provide a valuable service to my community. Who would wish me harm? Who indeed? Well, that's no answer. Johnny, get in here at once. Your master requires your immediate assistance. Oh, it. why isn't he answering me? The appellation of your eye has been poked. Will someone please tell me what's happening here? It's quite simple, Mr. Delgado. I am the official translator for the Royal Court of Tordovia, and this gentleman here is Dane Yanator, Archduke of Same. Snake, I'm charmed. Those people have Archdukes now? In point of fact, the Tordovian royal family predates any so-called civilized Western European lineage by several centuries. So put that in your smoke with piping hot biscuits. I've got this. You go find his majesty. Okay ho, righty dokey. Now see here. Oh, we've seen here. We've been watching here for quite some time, Mr. Delgado, and we're not at all pleased with what we've seen. I beg your pardon? Did you not, on or about the 12th of September, 1929, enter the sacred temple of St. Saltulo, defile said temple, and steal the holy relic of Enbrillo, which offered you unfettered access to the magical plane beyond human reckoning? What? Well, I, I did something similar to what you're describing in the broadest possible sense, I suppose. Only it wasn't any sort of sacred temple, it was just a pile of ridiculous foreign ruins, filled with a bunch of indecipherable gibberish. Nonsense. I can assure you, as someone who speaks both Tordovian and English, that it is quite decipherable to anyone who, and I feel like this is the most cogent point here, 
put forth even the tiniest bit of effort. What do you mean you speak Tordovian? Nobody speaks Tordovian. It's just a mishmash of English words and phrases arranged in an order that makes no sense to anyone. I found the bingo. Take your rags. It's time for a glad clam. Oh, thank goodness, Johnny. I demand that you... Oh, I don't think you'll be making any more demands of his majesty. What are you... This man, who you persisted in addressing as Johnny Foreigner, is, in fact, none other than Scotch Stewart, the rightful heir to the Tordovian throne. Surely you must have known this. Well, I heard something to that effect, but I didn't think much of it. And now we come to the crux of the matter. And besides, he agreed to come along with me willingly. He's been my faithful servant for nine years, and I've never detected so much of a hint of displeasure. Of course you haven't. You've had him under a powerful hypnotic thrall for this entire time. I... What now? Those sacred powers you stole... I've discovered... Stole... Those powers give you an extraordinary control over the minds of mortal men. But I never intended them any harm. I probably just read some silly foreign phrase and... Yes, you probably did. You can't possibly believe that I deliberately invaded your country, stole your artifacts, and hypnotized your king. Perhaps you didn't do any of that deliberately. And yet, here we are. Which reminds me, excuse me a moment. I don't appear to be going anywhere. Nay, Somnum. Oh. I was having the most embarrassing dream. He was there, and shame was there, and subjugation, that was there too. Welcome back, your majesty. The welcome is all pleasure. Hippo, hippo, horepo. Now then, as I was saying, I'm sure you didn't do any of those things intentionally, Mr. Delgado, but as a white American man, you felt as though you had the right to enter a sacred space in a country that wasn't yours and help yourself to the riches therein. When you illicitly gained the ancient powers in that place, the magics probably just assumed you would be perfectly fine enslaving a human being that you considered beneath you. Can you blame those magics for making that assumption? I suppose, when you put it like that, it does make a certain sense. So now that we've reclaimed that power and our king, we'll be on our way. But... You can't leave me like this. I think you'll find that we can. There must be someone I can talk to who can fix this. Someone important. The only thing I suggest is that you have a long, hard look at that man in the mirror. Good day, Mr. Delgado. This episode of Sarcastic Voyage Theatre was written and performed by Ron Algar Watt with Duncan Bosco, Mark Bosco, Brian Lynch, Caitlin Obum, Matt Robotham, Amanda Smith, Sabrina Snyder, and Jason Wallace. It was produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2018.